Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations, and Andrew and I are in the studio this morning. Andrew, you doing well? Doing fabulous, Matt. How about you? We, we've kind of been like ships in the night passing. It's You were on vacation, I've been working at night, not in the office during the day, getting ready for the Bible conference. Yep, exactly. Between that and, and goodness, the heat, and yeah, we just... Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an unusual July this year, I think. Yesterday we were sidelined by a blower fan outside the office that was drying <laughs> the carpet, and so it wasn't a good day to record. And a fire alarm. They, and a fire they're, alarm. They're testing the fire alarms here too. So okay, well, yeah, it hey, happens. We just accommodate what's going on. So uh, today we're going to hear an interview that I did last week with the Butker family, Tim yep. and Chris Butker. Their kids, love them, friends of the podcast, Isaac and Adrian. Ike and Tim were on a podcast already. You'll hear about that. Tim's been on a couple. He was also with us on some of our uh, NRB 2023 podcasts. He he was a uh, he was with our team down there in in uh, Orlando. So and of course, Tim is one of our radio preachers. And actually, right. as Steve Kramer, our main radio preacher for the last many years, mm-hmm. retires at the end of this year. Tim's going to pick up a lot more of his role on the broadcast side. So. Yep. So uh, this is an interview that was originally, in my mind, envisioned as being an interview about how do Christians navigate this minefield of youth sports. Right. Isaac being in the NFL, Adrian being an All-American Division III basketball player, their family has navigated this and navigated it very well. Right. Uh, One of my gripes is that as I go to these club volleyball or club basketball tournaments it's just this atmosphere of parents caring way too much and in the process i think screwing their kids up yeah you you made an interesting observation as you listened to it though yeah i mean i said what i told you the the first time we chatted about this um is as i listened to this um you know yeah the the topic is is uh is youth sports but this is parenting. This is this is bigger than youth sports, and I think that it needs to uh, it needs to reach a bigger audience than than youth sports and, and parents of of kids in sports. Uh, this is academics. This is dance. This is music. This is theater. Everything. This is parenting, um, and how to how to parent your kids uh, in an era where we. <laughs> I mean. God bless us. We we have a million things to do and, and a million good things that you can get your kids involved with. Um, and there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. You know, we had county fair last week. Two of my mm-hmm. girls are really involved. And actually, Jillian, our older daughter, got pretty involved this year too, helping out. But 4-H County Fair, Blackhawk County, Iowa. Blackhawk County is a pretty urban county. Mm-hmm. It's big population-wise. Right. So you might think that the county fair is big, but it's not because it's so urban. It's not rural. It's not ag. Right. And so it's actually kind of a podunk county fair. And 
I'm at this thing and I'm observing my girls getting their calves ready, their chickens ready. I'm observing other families, you know, getting ready to compete. And when I say compete, I mean that in loose terms, although some of these people take this way seriously. Mm-hmm. And I had just done this interview with the Butkers about youth sports. Yep. And I'm seeing the same kind of uh, behaviors, the same kind of like angst that is going from parents to their kids because it matters so much to some of these parents that their kids look good, right. that their kids perform well, that they succeed. And we, of course, all want that for our kids. But, you know, I, I saw some parents matter to, so much of, to them at county fair that they were doing all the work. Right. It's ready for the calf show, and, and a parent is preparing the calf. This is the kid's job. The whole purpose of 4-H is that they have this experience. But because the competition side of it, not looking bad in the eyes of their peers as a result of how their kids perform in the 4-H fair in Podunk, Blackhawk County, um, I saw an interaction between a parent and their child coming out of the show ring. Things hadn't gone very well. And mm-hmm. there was just some, some, some anger, some bitterness toward the kid because they didn't do a couple things yeah. right that maybe would have gotten them a higher placement. It's just craziness. So you're saying there's a fifth H for helicopter parents? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, it's it's something that's been on my mind and that I've yeah. noticed for a few years now as my, my own kids have gotten involved in this stuff. Yep. And my big gripe is that Christians, people who profess to be Christians mm-hmm. at least, seem to be no different than the rest of the world in mm-hmm. the way they're approaching this. And that's what we want to address. Yeah. And, and I think it comes across really clear. And I think it's, like I said, it's, it's incredibly applicable for uh, anybody in a, um, not just in a, uh, in a sports atmosphere. It's, it's, um, you know, what it comes down to is this, is when your kids are, uh, when you're raising your kids, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. It's a series of opportunities. Um, and, and it's up to you as a parent to decide how you're going to, what you're going to do with those opportunities. Um, are you going to take them and, and, you know, use them to effectively glorify yourself as the parent of a kid who's good at basketball or, or who raises the perfect cow or, 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 you know, gets all their lines right on the stage or, or are you going to, you know, use it to, to build up the parent child relationship and, um, and, and, and really to develop them as men and women of God. I exactly. Mean, that's really what we're trying use, to do. You, well, use your influence then to to point them what, to what matters. And, and yeah, and, and you know, I, I was blessed to be a part of a, a, a home that definitely did it the right way. My, my, Me too. Um, my, you know, my sister was, was in the Waterloo Cedar Falls Symphony in, in high school. And, and, you know, I, I did really well on a couple of things and, and both my other sisters did really well. And, and it was, yet it was never, there was never a bit of pressure for my parents to perform. It yeah, was always, cool. it was always the, uh, we're just so happy to, to see you. We hope you're having fun. Yeah. You know? And, and it was, you, you helped coach Lego league. I did. Yeah. Did, did you see any of this? I mean, that was young kids and it's kind of laid back, but did you see any of that in there? Um, no, it, it, I and I and I wonder. Uh, so the 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 natural progression out of Lego League is um, is you go up into robotics and and you you know as a team in high school build uh, build a robot. That, well, I guarantee it's there. Uh, yo, I'm sure. I'm sure that there's some element of it there because those are competitions um, and and those are scholarships. Uh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> physics scholarships and and computer science scholarships. 
uh, and so I'm sure that you know where, where there's money, there's 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 going to be yeah, there's going to be people that want to take advantage of it. Um, Lego League, thankfully, um, especially among the third graders that that I had, it was it was all about fun, and and the parents that were there um, were really just like, hey, thanks for. Cool. Hanging out with my kid, helping build some creativity, some teamwork, yeah. some you know, just stuff like that. I've been trying to think what we're going to call this, and I haven't talked to you about it yet. But but in light of it being much broader than sports, and we do talk a lot about sports because that's the Butker story. Of course, yeah. Uh, something like Christian parenting through your kids' activities, like youth sports, or yes. something like that. Hopefully, something a little like cleaner, a little catchier. Um, <laughs> you can work on that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure either of us are we're poetry majors in, in college, so um, you know, yeah, we'll figure out something good to call it. But I, I really hope this gets uh, hits a lot of ears because um, there are a lot of parents who either need to hear this. Or I was talking to my niece this morning and and just telling her that that this podcast is coming. Um, she she goes to Water the Christian. And so she knows Adrian and, um, and she was excited to hear about it too, because, because she's, you know, in the middle trying to decide what, what activity she wants to pick up. She's yeah. excited about drama. Uh, she's, she's not sure about, uh, basketball. She thinks she's going to do volleyball and, you know, she, she's going to get something out of this too as a yeah, kid. So, for sure. um, yeah, I hope this gets to a lot of people because there's a lot of people who could be encouraged, who could, you know, really, um, get a lot out of this just a in, in that vein hello to all the parents of the basketball players i coach at warloo christian and uh the girls volleyball team and basketball team that my daughter's involved in i'm definitely sending it to you guys that's right and i uh, hope you're having a good day so hey thank you for listening tune in to cc podcast conversation we've got a bunch of other great content and have a great day Hey guys, it's the Butkers. How are we doing today? Fantastic. Good to have you guys here. Uh, for people who've never tuned in before, I'm Matt Reister and I'm with the CC Podcast. This is the CC Podcast Conversations. Tim knows that. Tim and Ike have been on it before. Um, and Tim Butker is actually our radio preacher for Christian Crusaders Broadcast, which has been on the air since 1936. Going to take a little bit bigger role in 2024 because we got a guy retiring. How you doing, Timbo? Doing great. Looking forward to that and just fun to be a part of this here today again. So we've been talking about this topic of youth sports for a while just amongst ourselves. Notice that there are some uh, things. I, I've got kids in youth sports. You guys have played youth sports. You guys know what's going on, and I feel like it's just going crazy, and it's going off the rails. And, and kind of the thing that I, I'm actually just leaving from a basketball tournament today in Cedar Rapids to come back and do this interview. I'm going back after we're done. And you just get in the gym, and you start to watch some of these coaches and these parents and these players, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, things are off the rails a little bit. It, 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 the emotional energy, the time investment, the money investment, it's – I mean, I don't even know how you'd quantify it. I mean, it's it is crazy. But you know, there's so much good in sports. But it's, it's talking about perspective on it is it's a great topic we're on today for sure. And speaking of, uh, I don't know how you quantify it. I've thought, man, we've got a shortage of gyms in this area. And if I had a couple million dollars, I'd probably build a few of them <laughs> and start printing money. I mean, because parents aren't going to stop spending money on this stuff, right? Right. Yeah, we just, uh, well, Ike just hosted a... You want to print money with me, Chris? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> they just hosted a youth football camp, 
I mean, and it doubled in one year. And, and I stand on the sidelines and just listen to parents, you yeah. know, coming in. And the tension, the nervousness, the excitement, all of this around performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's just some great things to being under pressure in performance, and there can be some hard things. And So a couple things before we dive headlong into this topic. Um, number one... If you don't know this, Ike plays for the Buffalo Bills by way of the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think you're wearing a Hawkeye football shirt there. Yep. I'd like to see that. Uh, and we actually did an, a podcast interview with you. Can you believe it's been three years ago? Yeah, that was fun, though. It was. You and your dad and I. And Ike's story of how he got to Iowa and the NFL is one of the coolest stories of God directing someone's path. If you have not heard that podcast interview, you need to go and listen. It's episode two. We did it way back and I think... <clears throat> April or May of 2020, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, we still, I got to tell you, actually, um, you guys know Nate Wheaton? He's a classmate of mine, good friend. He coaches football down at Fairfield, and shortly after uh, we recorded that, he called me up. He said, Reister, a huge Hawkeye fan. He's got the fry bus with me. Oh, okay. And uh, Reister, that, that interview you did with Tim and Ike was awesome. He had his entire team sit down during, like, fall camp and listen to mm -hmm. the whole thing because he's trying to build those kind of values into his kids. So anyway, a great interview, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on Ike's story right now because we've already got that pretty much documented in that podcast. Adrian Butker, sorry, mm -hmm. can I, sorry. Yep. That, that, was a, that was a sports kind of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's all good. I'm sitting here watching. Yeah. <laughs> I, get to, I get to work with Adrian at Waterloo Christian School. Adrian is our development and uh, advancement director. Yep. Why, why don't you tell people what you do over there? Yeah, I work at Waterloo Christian School. I went in four years ago as the high school math teacher, and then I've kind of transitioned my role throughout, and now I'm the development director and advancement, which is all things fundraising, marketing, admissions, and then I get to teach two super fun elective classes, a life-ready elective, um, which just meets once a week and is kind of random life skills so dad came in and talked about listening to holy spirit i came in and talked about um sports and the impact of that my daughter jillian said one of her favorites was you had someone come and show them how to change oil in their car yeah we did some general car maintenance mom talked about some business stuff it's nice to have the family who can come in and speak for you that's yeah, awesome it keeps it cheap and then some <laughs> other different topics along and then i'm starting this year an entrepreneurship class which is going to be brand new with hopes of getting a little business rolling out of the back of a trailer. And so. where we cross paths the most is during basketball season, Adrian is the assistant girls basketball coach. I'm the head boys basketball coach, and we get to travel around Eastern Iowa together all winter long and uh, watch these 1A kids try to play yeah. basketball. <laughs> right in the school bus. Yes. Yeah, good. good times. So uh, people don't know your story as well as they will know Ike's if they listen to episode number two, that podcast I referred to. Um, you were quite the basketball player at Wartburg College, a Division three school in Waverly, Iowa. I believe you're first-team All-American, Division three. There's some debate as to whether or not you were the player of the year, but you were, you were high up there at some level. Mm -hmm. So um, because we're going to be talking about sports and uh, youth sports, I mean, it's kind of, I think, I want to establish your credibility to mm -hmm. speak about this from a high level. Best athlete in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> we get it. Do you really believe that? Yeah. Give it to her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, D3 right. NFL, I'll take it. I, I would just weigh in real quick on this. She, um, 
When she first started in basketball, Chris asked her if she would, when family came to watch, this is when she was real young, if she would go ahead and acknowledge that they were there and wave at him. So she took that to heart, and instead of actually playing basketball, she just ran up and down the court waving at the relatives. <laughs> so, so to make it to be a, a D1, you know, a, a Division Three All-American, you know, which is top ten in the country, basically, at that level, um, to from that chewing gum and waving at relatives, I mean, that is a development process. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, fun to watch. And, and I would say this. Adrian, um, when Ike was getting recruited, uh, he was getting recruited to play basketball. And we were burdened by, you know, what, sh- what level should we help? What should we do to help? And, and there's just some stress kind of at that point when you're late in high school, and that's a possibility. And the reason there's stress is because from probably eighth or for sure ninth grade on, a number of his peers were traveling around the country to combines and camps and trying to be seen by colleges and we never felt led to do any of that so we didn't we never wanted to hinder our kids development and opportunities for down the road but that felt um to our family very excessive Mm -hmm. um also how kids develop is so different physically i mean in eighth grade some kids were completely through through puberty Mm -hmm. and um I don't know if I could even spell puberty. I mean, I, <laughs> we're just a late blooming family. So that's a big deal in sports, especially for strength mm-hmm. and speed. And so just knowing and watching your kids' physical development, their emotional health. I mean, so many things play into athletics, right? Mm-hmm. So we were feeling a little bit like we better be praying about this because God knows our kiddos better than we do. And he wants them to win more than we do. And we never had a piece about the coast to coast deal um, until it was coming around to Ike's uh, junior year. And he said, I really think I'd like to play basketball. That was when we felt like maybe we could make this happen. Um, So anyway, but he was a junior. So and then that's bucking a lot of peer and parent pressure for sure to hop on these all star teams and go do your thing. And what year would that have been? What was your junior year? 2012. So, I mean, we're 11 years removed from that, and I would say it's only escalated since then. Oh, it just keeps escalating. And and, and the the battle in the middle of it for for us as parents was, you know, Christ is Lord of all. And how do you keep him Lord of your family and Lord of the sports? Um, Because it's just constantly jockeying to take first place over Christ. And so I was on a run praying uh, about Ike and his journey and what we should do and should we, how much video should we get together? And, you know, all those things that are a part of it. And literally, I mean, you know, you talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. Adrian mentioned it. Sometimes you just, you can hear things from God in your own spirit. And I came in and said it to Chris. I felt like as clear as I could hear in my spirit, the Lord communicated to me, your son will not play basketball, hmm. but your daughter will. Hmm. And it was just that phrase. Did, did he share that with you guys? I wish he would have. I, I was trying to decide. <laughs> I eventually did after she decided, yeah. but I didn't share it with either. I, the only one I shared it with was Chris, and, and she wrote it down. You only told Adrian after she said she was going to go play at Warburg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because we didn't want it to influence. Pressure her. And yeah. I, we wanted, you know, you test the spirits to see if it was from God. Now, it was that summer I got recruited to play football, 
And we watched Adrian. You're talking about Adrian's journey. Her journey unfold to become the highest percentage. She was in the Hall of Fame for uh, hanging. Her jersey was hanging in there for for a year because of her shot percentage as a post down there. I mean, I just want to say that this, My ups aren't the hard gal to who was chewing I mean. gum and waving at the relatives hangs, you know, down there. And I can tell you, we, I, I was in Cedar Rapids for one game at our team camp today, and layups are harder to make <laughs> than you think. But, but I do remember I do remember you telling me, Adrian, and you're really humble about this. You don't want a lot of – and same with Ike. I mean, they don't want a lot of glory for this. But it is incredible, and, and I was, I was kind of – talking to you about it at one time we were in a bus ride somewhere and you're just like i mean if you just stand under the basket and they throw you and you lay it off the glass it's not that hard but i mean there must be something to it i mean because there are a lot of college girls yeah. i mean and you're also you know you're doing that with other gals hanging on you not all those gals are little no that's right that's true so let's finish up with kind of your story and then yeah so I wasn't sure that I wanted to play basketball. I wasn't sure that I wanted to do a sport. I even dabbled at rowing in Iowa a little bit. I remember I, that. I went to one camp, came back, just my hands just dripping blood from <laughs> rowing. I'm like, I'm all right. <laughs> I'll stick to basketball. Um, and then I was really late to decide where I was going to go. And finally, it didn't feel, you know, you'll get this feeling when you're on campus and you'll know when it's the right college. And I was like... I never had that. I just felt like I just picked. I liked the coaches, and I was like, let's just go with this. And so I walk into Wartburg. It's D3. I went to a big high school, so I'm thinking it's going to be similar. And the girls were so good, uh, way better than they thought. I thought and I was anticipating. And I walked onto a really good team who ended up making a big run in the NCAA tournament a couple times. So it was a high-caliber team, but I was still thinking – Wow. So I kind of got humbled that first year and really sat on the bench. And I ended up, it, initially it was a little bit of a shock, and then I ended up having, it. besides my senior year, my freshman year might have been my favorite year. I had a blast once I embraced my role on That's the team. That's so key. Kids, and, listen to that. Mm -hmm. And once I was mm -hmm. like, okay, this is, this is where I'm at this year, I, we were doing cheers. I was having fun with the coaches. <laughs> we were leading different. They do that at the NFL. Cheers on the sidelines. It's more of a, more of a gal thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then anything after that year kind of felt like this is fun to play too. Um, and then all the way up to my senior year where I had a pretty good year. But to go from really not playing to being pretty good, it was a journey of all the stages and all the mm. roles that you can get to on a team. And I look back and have, like, such fond memories mm -hmm. of playing basketball. And mm -hmm. not everyone does that with their college sports. But mm -hmm. there was a lot of hard – there was hard games. There mm -hmm. was hard seasons. There was, you know, you're discouraged. You feel like you should be getting more than you're not. And then my time came my senior year. And I didn't know if it ever was, and mm -hmm. I was going to be fine with it. And then when it did, it was just like I could not believe what was happening. <laughs> it had to be really from the Lord. Yeah. Because – I mean, I practice some, but one of the notes, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just interrupt. I mean, <laughs> I'm just gonna throw some. in this here. Adrian, we would be in the summer, and um, she would do a little pickup basketball, not much. She was getting a little tired. <laughs> it's a lot of basketball from like fourth grade on, and I said, Adrian, you want to just go out and kind of pop in some free throws just for the. You know, just for the home team. She goes, ah, I think it's going to be mental reps today. <laughs> but here's the truth. Here is the truth from junior year to senior year. Junior year, I was good. 
but I wasn't like best in the conference, best mm-hmm. in the country good. And I don't know if my coaches know this. I did not practice junior year to senior year. I'm like, I'm just going to change the way I think about basketball. And I started mm-hmm. reading some things. I kind of yeah. grew in my relationship with the Lord. And the only thing that changed was my mind. And mm-hmm. my mind was like, I'm going to dominate this year. Wow. We graduated a lot of really good players. And really no one expected a ton. Mm-hmm. And every time before I'm sitting before a game, I'm like, I'm going to dominate. Follow me. I'm making that's, my layups. I'm awesome. doing everything. And then... I'd miss a shot, and I'd be like, that's weird. I'm going to make the next one. I mean, I'm thinking these things yep. versus in the past it had been, better not take another one. I just yeah. missed it. And a that position w- of kind of insecurity versus a position yeah. of confidence. Right? Positive and, thinking. And a, a confidence yes. where it's like my teammates didn't know I was doing. You know, yeah, it was right. just more internal of like this is yeah. how I'm playing this year. And that was the only change. Wow. And, it and was, you guys got to the Elite Eight. Yeah, we had mm-hmm. we went to the Elite Eight that year, and we had graduated like four – Three or I four remember starters, that. That was fun. And, and that was the year you shot the highest percentage. That was, yeah. yeah. And, and just think of that in terms of what sports can do, what it taught her there to think positive, to believe, to have hope, yep. to have a short memory of mistakes. I mean, it's hard to learn that in something besides sport where it's happening so fast. We're going to get to listing several positives mm-hmm. from sports here in a second. That's really good stuff. I was just remembering when you went to the Elite Eight, at some point during that, we came up and watched a couple of your games during the tournament, and we actually have a picture of you and Jillian. Yeah, she looks so young. She was young. Like in maybe eighth grade or yeah. something or whatever, maybe even younger than that, and now you coach her. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's cool how the look. The other – I'm going to write notes down from time to time to remind myself of what I want to say, but um, Ike's story and your story, when I hear more about it um, – are like if the Lord's gonna do it, it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and if He's not, it's not. And with this whole youth sports craze, I see a bunch of people trying to force and scheme and kind of orchestrate this perfect scenario so that their son can go play professional sports or mm-hmm. so their daughter can be all American. And uh, it just that's just not how it works. Yeah. So, yeah. um. Like you might have something to say about that because I've heard you talk about that. It's sort of this tension, a cooperative effort. It's like you don't get to the NFL because you spent your summers on the couch. Yeah. But if God didn't have it in mind for you as hard as you worked, I mean, isn't it kind of a hand-in-hand? Hand? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> at the very least, it's just genetics, number one. You have to have a certain genetic makeup. So. Good job, guys. So thanks for that. (laughs) And I see that a lot. You know, like, what can my kid do to go professional in a sport? It's like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like there's not. So you got to have a certain level, and then if you have a certain level, then you have to put in work, and then there's levels to that. Yeah. Um, and you can make up a lot of ground working, um, working, Mm -hmm. and and taking care of your body and doing the right things. Um, but yeah, like Adri said, it's, you know, if the Lord wants it to happen, it's going to happen and he's going to make a path for you to get to wherever he wants to get you to use you, however he wants to use you. Mm -hmm. And even, even like, I'm not a professional athlete, but there are things that I've had some success at in my life. And even when I evaluate that, yeah, I worked hard. Yeah. I did. I took advantage of opportunities, but I even think that the Lord gives me the motivation to work hard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is hand in hand, yeah. but even the hand that you're playing 
is yeah. mm-hmm. is inspired by the Lord, right? Yeah. 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 Interesting that you know when I got recruited by the Hawkeyes, we were driving home, and this this just kind of exemplifies that. I was just looking at it fully from the perspective of the sovereignty of God. Like, can you? And I said this to him in the car, just when we were near home. I said, "Man, can you believe how the Lord arranged that for you to be recruited?" And I sitting in the car. Beside well, you me. said it like five times, and I, I was I, like, "Yep, he did. Yeah, about the fifth time." I, then, I, what did you say? I, you, you piped in. You remember? You know, you know. He said. Uh, yeah, Dad, he said, but uh, I've worked pretty hard, too. <laughs> and I stood there. I just sat there in check saying, it's totally right. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, and that's, that's you know, out of Philippians, I just gave a message on it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. It's just our whole life is that way. Yes. And parents need to embrace that reality and try to involve God far more than so many of them are. Yeah. I mean, I remember parents are jockeying, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Ike was on all-star team and the Lord literally sat me down in the living room and said, it's time for him to be done. I mean, it made no sense whatsoever. Uh, but the dynamics of the team and such were there. Basketball? We were, yeah, basketball. In, in elementary, late yeah. elementary. And it was so clear, the Holy Spirit. Like a travel team, a yeah. club team. Yeah. It was very local. It was in Iowa. Um, they did a Bible study at the beginning. The coaches were great. There was not a negative thing. Ike was starting every game, learning a lot. There was nothing to make you think, we should get him off this team. Mm. It mm. was literally. In fact, if you were thinking superficially, yeah. as Christians, you Worldly. go, well, they have a Bible study. Totally yeah. So Worldly. he needs to be on this team. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or just for advanced, you know excelling as good as he can but God cares about far more than just sports he cares about the development of children the family dynamic what the cost is on the family emotion emotional life maturity in all of life and uh, when it when it becomes an idol a lot of that stuff goes out the window so you guys are here for basically two reasons, uh, maybe more, but two that I can identify. One is you're a sports family at the highest level. I mean, this is not Caitlin Clark and Josh Allen, but it's, it's the closest thing that we're <laughs> going to get to. Uh, it's way beyond where 99.5 to 0.9% of us are ever going to be. And so there's some credibility there. The second reason is just because you all need to keep me in check on this topic because I could go off on a tirade that might not end up being helpful. Um because I, I just see this youth sports behemoth, you know, in, in an increasingly critical way. And I know that you guys will provide some balance to that. Uh, to mitigate the chance of us being terribly critical or me being terribly critical, I want to start with what are the positives from being involved in sports? What are the positives that you see as parents who are trying to develop your kids to be ambassadors for Christ? What are the positives for athletes? who are trying to become ambassadors for Christ, or however you want to say that, there are a lot of positives. Yeah, I'll start. Um, we've, we've talked about it, but just the work that it takes to, you know, set a goal, <clears throat> write goals down, and then work towards that. I mean, that's applicable to anything in life. So you're going to do that in sport, whether it's your off-season training or, you know, how many points you're trying to score, trying to win the game. Uh, obviously, you're trying to win every game, but personal goals, team goals. Um, I mean, I'm still obviously playing football, but you look around the world, and that's really what's happening in the world is <clears throat> people are setting goals, trying to accomplish them. So 
getting a routine that works for you to accomplish that goal. Um, you know, whenever I'm done playing football, I'm going to have the blueprint for that um, to do that. You know, you see a lot of former athletes be successful in business because mm-hmm. they, they know how to do that. They've done that their whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I won't steal anything else. Other, I, I would just positives. jump on that. I can. I wrote down these words, you know, the vision. Sports provides automatic vision because you have goal, you, you want to accomplish something, you want to be good at it, you want to reach a certain level, which leads to discipline. I mean, people with no vision, they don't restrain themselves, but a vision, you restrain yourselves in a certain direction. And then that discipline ultimately leads to confidence. And what I've seen, the confidence in the two of you in all of life because of vision and discipline and development and growth and the confidence that comes out of it, I mean, that is huge. And that, we were looking forward to, we wanted sports to do that for you guys. And it has, and it's not just confidence in sports, it's in all of life. And that goes into letting them handle the challenges in the sports that they encounter instead of parents getting in there and trying to manipulate it for them. Because uh, then the kids miss out on the possibility to grow. And I want to tell a story about that. Is that all right? Yeah. To jump in. Um, Mason Reister, late bloomer. Hmm. Gosh, he grew like six inches after his senior year. And we could Start assure, on dad, you, we I could assure you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's a much better basketball player than he ever was in high school because he just kept playing. But anyway, he's like in junior high, seventh or eighth grade. I mean, just a pipsqueak and just skinny and short. And, of course, we're at Waterloo Christian. <laughs> pipsqueak, is that funny? <laughs> I mean, he was. And and uh, we're playing Holmes Junior High, the one of the big public junior highs in town. And literally, they have like 40 kids out on their 7th grade team, and our 7th and 8th grade team is playing their 7th grade team. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like they're putting – it's like a line change in hockey. I mean, it's just five in, five out, boom, boom, boom. And, and we played like six quarters, and we got like seven guys, and Mason's in the top five somehow. And uh, he's out there, and he knows a bunch of these kids from church and from around town, and it's a little humiliating. Mm-hmm. I mean, just even being in the gym with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. these kids are good basketball players for their age. Our kids are just the most ragtag, patched-together group of kids. You know, I don't even, jerseys didn't even match, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> We've got that fixed since then. Uh, and, uh, and he's playing defense on one of his buddies. The gym's full, you know, all the girlfriends of the eighth-grade boys and all this stupid stuff. <laughs> and it's at Holmes, and um, Mason's playing defense on this kid. I can picture it just like it just like it happened yesterday. And I'm, I'm not coaching. I'm in the stands as a parent. And Mason gets juked, and they call it, he got his ankles broke, right? And so he falls down, and the entire gym's like, oh! Because now, at, breaking a kid's ankles matters more than making a layup, which boggles my mind. But anyway, <laughs> you know, these kids go absolutely nuts about this. Mason looks pretty foolish. It's mm-hmm. embarrassing. It's very, humi- mm-hmm. you know, these kids who are his peers are, like, mm-hmm. yelling. It's publicly humiliating. And, you know, my first reaction is, like, I want to just protect him from that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. gosh, I wish that wouldn't have happened. But literally about two seconds after that feeling rose up in me, it was like, you know what, I'm so glad that happened. Mm. Because where else in today's culture, which is increasingly kind of like marshmallowy mm-hmm. and protective and mm-hmm. insulating. Bubbling. Yeah. Where else in today's culture can you, can you mm-hmm. take the training wheels off when it comes to public humiliation and just mm-hmm. kind of being embarrassed and failing. Yeah. And and the thing is, is if mm-hmm. our kids are going to have an impact for Christ, 
if they're going to stay faithful to the Word of God, I mean, Tim, we know this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we all know this, but we've been walking this path a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, you are going to take shots, and mm-hmm. it's going to be way worse than getting yelled at by a crowd full of eighth graders. Mm-hmm. It's going to be painful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be hard. Yeah. And you had a chance to start to learn that it's okay to fail and be humiliated. Get back up and in eighth get grade back basketball. In it. Yeah. That's a huge for me. Mm-hmm. That's one of the top benefits of sports: be, learning to fail. I would I would add on to that too is if parents will be parents and coach their kids in a sense in life versus in the sport, then I remember when Adrian was in uh, at Warburg and it was maybe her second year and she wanted a little more playing time and she didn't know where she was at the bubble and she was talking to us about it and and we said hey you know. <laughs> Even at the college level, parents can be out of control. We said to her, you got to go have a meeting. It's not. It's time for you to go have a meeting. Do you remember this, Adrian? Mm-hmm. And you took your first meeting in with the coaching staff <laughs> at the college level. And, and that was a huge maturing growth step for mm-hmm. you, forced into that because you were in this place where you were irritated and you didn't know what to do and you had to figure out how to handle it relationally with authority in your life. Right. And... I remember when I got recruited, um, they do a home visit, and Reese Morgan and Kirk were at our house, and I said, what's, I asked him, what's, Kirk Ferentz, what's the biggest challenge in sports in, in, at your position right now? He didn't blink an eye. He said the parents. Really? The parents at the college level. I mean, so it's, it starts in that little youth level, and it doesn't end. I mean... This idolatry of sports from parents who are, it's crazy. So, but we're staying on the positive and in I the middle to, of that. Can, all I, yeah. can I just back up? So I remember, Adrian, the kind of, do you remember that meeting? You basically went in and said, what can I do to get yeah. better? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see a few more minutes. It wasn't, I'm really mad. I feel like mm-hmm. I should play more. Mm. What's wrong with you? It's like, what's wrong with, what's wrong with me? Like, mm-hmm. how can I grow? And we didn't tell you. You came up with that and Mm -hmm. dad and I were like we were so proud of that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um and they told you a few things you could work on and then you did yeah and um and it didn't change right after the meeting right and I didn't really expect it to but they gave me something to work Mm -hmm. towards and you got off your chest and then okay they know how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. now I got some work to do and then you do it and then I played more Mm -hmm. right so it wasn't like I wasn't pouting during practice. I wasn't right. like mm-hmm. no one on the team knew I had this meeting because my team and how I felt about my teammates and how I encouraged them didn't change. Mm-hmm. But after, you know, I knew what I needed to do on the inside and mom and dad didn't act any differently. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it depends how you approach it. You can't just, and I approach my coaches, I think once in my life, like mm-hmm. of all in levels. In that way, yeah. In that way, that was the one time. Because it, it felt like I was, I felt like I was being maybe overlooked because I had been such a good team player. And now, you know, they saw things that I didn't see. But mm-hmm. if I would have gone in every other week, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't help. What other positives? Well, I want to I point this out. You know, you, you talk about Adrian maturing in that way. Ike has had to go through some real dips in sports. And... You know, the, the crashing of dreams teaches you things 
you know, how, how quickly can a dream get taken away? Not very many places like it can in sports. You're talking about injuries primarily? Injuries, yeah, those kind of things. And so, I, I mean, I, the things that have developed in him, I mean, you can comment on that. I yeah, I mean, that's probably, you look at just my career, I've had my two biggest years of my career <clears throat> in terms of, like, career furthering, you know, contract year, my two contract years, I have the worst possible injury that you can have. So, and a lot of people look at that um, like, you know, it's brutal, but, you know, most people don't really feel bad for you because you're in the NFL. <laughs> um, I definitely don't feel bad for myself mm -hmm. um, ever. But to some people it's like, how do you handle that, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, I, I just appreciate the lessons that I've learned from it. Um, so it had been probably two years ago. I was fully healthy going into camp, and I got sick, got some heat exhaustion, had a pretty rough year getting started, um, and then started like I think 10 or 11 games right in a row. Then I did my Achilles that I missed all of last year, and then obviously my senior year at Iowa, <coughs> I did the other Achilles. So two biggest years um, for my career and just the stuff that I've learned about myself and the – the person, uh, the man, the dad, the husband that I am now, compared to looking back two years ago, I'm like 10, 20 times better, in my opinion. I think about David, David, King David, in the Bible, um, that whole account of him killing Goliath. And you remember there's that part where it says he learned the faithfulness of God when he was protecting sheep. And when a bear or a lion came, the Lord allowed him to just kill off a, a sheep. So, so. David learned on a smaller scale, in a smaller venue, to learn to trust the Lord so that when his time to shine with Goliath was there, he's like, Lord's got this. Mm -hmm. So one of my questions for you is because uh, you had an ankle injury too in college, right? Yeah. That kind of plagued you. I don't remember which season that was. It was uh, fifth when we went undefeated, halfway through that yeah. undefeated season. So that was going to The Rose Bowl, yeah. Yeah, it was a fun year, but I missed the second half because I had an ankle injury that so, uh, did you have any injuries like that in high school that were long-term? I had long -term? a uh, little back thing that, I mean, I missed probably a quarter of my junior season when I was playing mm -hmm. quarterback, but I came back for the playoffs. It was nothing serious. So, how, would you say that those injuries, even back at Iowa early on, equipped you to deal with what might be viewed as higher magnitude injuries just because you're in the NFL now, now we're talking about a paycheck, now we're talking about higher profile yeah, I mean, football is 100% injury rate, so you know you're going to have something. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I've you know been able to play through a lot of stuff. You can always play through a lot of stuff. But when you have a, a season-ending injury and you have to learn how to walk and you know do all that again, and <clears throat> then I had some hiccups with the first surgery this last time and had to basically restart that whole process. Um, I mean, that was tough, especially when I was, you know, singular, if it was just me and Katie, you know, it had been much easier. But, you know, having two young kids, you don't get to spend as much time with them and do all the stuff that you'd like to do with them um, just because you are you can't walk around. You know, you're on a scooter and you're really focused on rehab and then you're stuck in the training room all year. Um, so you got a lot of alone time. And I think that just that alone um, – really strengthened my relationship with the Lord. And that's, you know, obviously what, what he wanted. And I'm So, I mean, that's forward. another positive. Going through the ups and downs that come yeah. with being in sports, because um, when you're 20 years down the road, 
and whatever the crisis is that's not sports related comes into your life that's bigger than anything you dealt with before, you know, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you're going to be back. equipped. I yeah. mean, you're going to go, the Lord's got this. I've been through adversity before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Even as, and, uh, as Ike's talking there, I'm thinking back to uh, when Kirk Ferentz was at our house, we asked him, what's the best thing we could do as parents? And it would give us any advice. And he said, just that, he said, sports is going to have a lot of ups and downs. He said, and if you're a parent that stays right here, steady, and when they're down, you're down encouraging them, but you're not down with them. Mm. And when they're up, you're still down here because they're going to come back down. You celebrate with them, but you don't get too up with them. You don't get too down with them. That is so Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> Kirk Ferentz is like this. But I'm telling you, that's great advice for parents. It is. Because the kids it. need a parent, a stable, to represent the stability of God in their lives. Mm-hmm. Not They don't need someone zigzag. You know, it, it, sports is emotional. And when you're at a, you're at a level, okay, you, you hurt your back in high school, but then you're in your senior year, you're slated to go in the draft, and you tear an Achilles, and you fall out of the draft, and you get picked up after. That's a huge adjustment mentally and emotionally. It's huge. And to see Ike walk through that and trust the sovereignty of God, how, you know, that's a lesson that you, you can't provide. Only mm-hmm. God can. And then the same thing happened now in a contract year. You know, he's there. He's lined up. He's starting. He's going to be a free agent, tears his Achilles, and the guy behind him gets contract. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And he starts all over working through that. And to, to watch him go through that and learn that spiritually, to me, that is just powerful as a dad mm-hmm. and that's looking at it from a spiritual point of view not a worldly point of view which if we're christians that's, that's what you're looking at it that's from. it yeah and that's what you know if we can say anything to parents out there right now you're you're called by god to help shape your kids's mind and allow him to shape their minds in a biblical worldview you know mm-hmm. what i mean from a, look at life from a spiritual in the unseen realm <laughs> And uh, not get caught up in the scene realm. God can handle the scene realm. I just thought of another positive that maybe you two can speak to. Um, and I can a little bit. I mean, we're at a Christian school, so it's expected that the coach is going to lead Bible studies and lead prayer and teach biblical lessons throughout the season and during practices and stuff. But athletics gives us an excuse to gather together and go after a common goal Um that then when you insert a believer into, they have a platform. Just because these people who are around them, who maybe aren't all Christian, even at a Christian school, I don't think all our kids are Christians, um, they get to be in this environment where there are believers, whether it's Christian school basketball team, whether it's Wartburg College, church school, where a lot of people don't know Christ, or in the NFL, certainly. It, it gives, a, so positive of sports would be, it gives it gives Christians a a, a place or a platform to to influence people Mm -hmm. for Christ. Mm -hmm. What's that been like for you guys? When, at least to start, when people know that your identity isn't in the sport and they won't think that that's what they're seeing, but when they see that you lose, you know, maybe you lose a game or you don't have a great game and you're kind of just a consistent person in the locker room and Mm -hmm. on campus and you're encouraging and and it's more of a, it's totally, it's mental with all sports, but especially girls, like, they get high, they get low, emotional. they're emotional, they shut down. And one of the greatest things the Lord helped me with was my mind and like being able to control my thoughts and not some 
like secular control your mind, but know where you find your value and then have confidence in what you can do. People start to just hang around you and they don't, and Ike and I would probably be the same in this. We, we don't go in there and blessing people and, and talking about quoting the Bible Lord verses. and quoting Bible verses and, and people don't really know why they want to hang around you. But then like coaches start to have you meet with every freshman and then they say, Hey, could you do kind of every tour that comes in? And, and maybe people don't know why it is, but it's because you know who you are in the Lord. And then people on the team like to be around that. So you get to have an impact without even really talking about the Lord. And then maybe your senior year when everyone, like what you say kind of matters to them and you mm-hmm. have some ground and they know that you care about them, you can be, speak into their speak life. Into their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, and Ike would say the same probably with how you mm-hmm. operated with the Lord and kind yeah, of definitely. what turns people off first, just the way you live and how that can have a huge impact. Yeah, I mean, it would, I, I know mom and dad even remember when I was growing up, it would be, I don't know how to word it other than like the kids that are just too Christian. Like they're like throwing it at everybody all the time and you throw a lot of people that are maybe open to it completely off and they're completely turned off because they feel like they're being judged and they're kind of <coughs> preached at and preached at yeah. Um, and I've just never, th- I've had awesome talks with guys that never would have received that, but I've become really good friends with them, um, especially in the NFL. Uh, been able to have amazing conversations with them about their relationship with the Lord, if they have it, if they had it and lost it, if they're working towards it. And it's it really comes from what Adri said, is just if you are consistent and you know who you are every day, they're going to trust you, first of all, because they're not going to be like, how's he going to react to this? And then, you know, they might be going through something or have questions about something. They come right up and it's open dialogue instantly. Um and that's just so many things with just having a biblical worldview. There, there's so many questions, especially now. Something happens. Um, we're talking about all sorts of. I mean, the, the stuff that we talk about is insane in the locker room. But if you have a biblical worldview, kind of like bringing it back to to reality. And I, this is just random, but our head coach is like, he he lets everybody be themselves. And and I love this analogy he gives. You know, we just build a fence around what you can and can't do as a, as a person, as a player. Um, we just give you the guidelines, and it's pretty wide. You know, you can, you can be yourself as long as you just stay in the, in, within the fence, and I think that's, you know, something that's huge for guys so they're not feeling like they're controlled or ruled, and, and especially in the NFL, there's a lot of freedom that, that guys have, and you want to give them that freedom, not have put your finger on them. Um, but kind of telling guys like you can you can that's what the lord provides you in life he just provides you framework everybody needs a little framework to stay in but if you don't have framework if we can't even you know the the thing that we were talking about this time was if we can't say what a boy and a girl is like what are we even talking about like Mm -hmm. where can we even start morals or Mm -hmm. anything if we're not even going to agree on that like what is two plus two Mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. you can't tell me if you can't tell me that then I don't know if you can tell me that mm-hmm. so that was our discussion and, and using that since the coach had talked about it in a team meeting and I just said like that's and it and it really connected with a lot of guys because everybody wants a little direction I mean mm-hmm. it starts when you're a baby it starts when you're a kid like you need your parents to to be helping guide you you don't know what the heck's going on mm-hmm. um so just kind of piggyback on what Adrian said mm-hmm. but 
I think that's been yeah. something that's cool. When you get injected, when a Christian gets injected into an environment where those conversations are being had, you mm. can represent the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's way cool. That's that's a huge positive. Totally, and we we've enjoyed um, watching these two do that, and and prayed that they would have opportunities to do it. And and not only that, it, what they're talking about is internally in a small way, but I would just also highlight when you excel in sports because the world values sports so much you get public platforms all the time and then you you know they approach it the same way you don't want to be that bible beating person Mm -hmm. but you also don't want to ever shrink back from saying hey this is this is almighty god i mean he does this work Mm -hmm. in and through us i mean and i think the people that are a little bit more like the people who you guys aren't i think the lord uses them in a unique way you know what i mean like i'm thinking the the one who pops to my mind from kind of back in my generation is kurt warner yeah i mean kurt warner was every time a microphone was in front Mm -hmm. of his face he didn't praise the lord thank jesus whatever yeah and and that's not how i'm wired yeah but I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I mean, I was listening carefully to what Ike just said, and he's talking about representing a biblical worldview mm-hmm. when the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. Well, that there's nothing squishy about that. No. It's just no. a different personality, and a different style. And you see that in the Bible. Peter versus James versus yeah. John, how they carried it, so different. You know, Let's turn the corner to specifically this youth sports, I would call it epidemic or pandemic or something. Um <laughs> Um, and, and I just, I, I have, I, I can just confess this. I have a few specific people in my mind who I obviously am not going to name who need to hear some of this stuff. Um, and, and there's a lot more, they're just kind of representations mm-hmm. of the population. And I'm specifically, because I'm a dad, I'm thinking of dads who I think care way too much about how their elementary age or junior high age or even high school age kid mm-hmm. performs on the athletic field. And again, I love sports. We all love sports. We all see the value of sports. We've hopefully established that. Um, but it's like, I don't see a lot of difference between people who profess to be followers of Christ and the rest of the world on this topic. And honestly, I expect people who don't know Christ to go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. I, I expect that. I expect people to take it out of proportion, put unnecessary pressure on their kids, put too much value on performance versus establishing their identity in something more stable. I expect that from non-believing uh, people. But from Christians, when I see that, it's just like, man, we got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I'll just start with a story from, I think, this last year. Um, the girls, the, the wags, they call them wives and girlfriends, in the in Buffalo, I'll get together a couple times a week at Bible study, and they get together for coffee, dinner, whatever. And the discussion of this is just to tell you where mom and dad are at, and where how Adrian and I grew up with around with them around sports. And you know that you know the parents, it doesn't get better. I mean, in the NFL, you still have moms and dads that are out of control. Seriously, and mm-hmm. the. <laughs> The way it, it shows its its face there is, um, you know, you have the the like I'm married to Katie, so a lot of the time, Katie and my mom, or Katie and my dad, they wouldn't get along because they are still pretty possessive of the, the NFL player, and their identity is still in me, 
that's not how it is at all. But that's how it is for a lot of these wow. wives and girlfriends. I never so thought of that. <clears throat> it gets brought up, and they went around, and basically all of them were saying, you know, they were coming to town. Their husband or boyfriend's parents were coming to town. Her mom was coming to town. They weren't very excited about it because they had to. And it's just like a competition almost. It's very weird. And uh, what do you mean a competition? Like the wife, the wives and girlfriends, kind of competing with the mom, like for their son's attention. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Is it money, or is it? It's money. It's the prestige. status of it. The yeah, the prestige. Like they kind of wish they were able to live her life. It's your flipping kid. I mean, <laughs> I be proud of him and leave it alone. You know, know what I mean? It's brutal. It's, it's brutal. So, um, Katie. They got around the table to Katie, and Katie was like, yeah, uh, Ike's mom, she actually can't stand football. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She wishes I would have quit playing football before I even started. So that was, like, the opposite. And then, you know, she goes on to tell him that, because I've told Katie how it was for, for us growing up. You know, mom and dad were, you can play whatever sport you'd like, but you, you're going to finish it. You're not going to quit halfway through uh, you're going to give your all at it, but at the end of the day, you, that's not what your identity's in. And, and if you don't want to play next season? If you don't want to play next season, that's fine. They're mm-hmm. not putting any pressure on it and just try out different stuff. And now, you know, that people ask me all the time, like, are you going to have Clay play football? I'm like, I don't know if he wants to. Right. I don't care. If, if he enjoys it and wants to play it, absolutely. Before you share whatever you're going to share, I, I just want to highlight this. Like, this is the kind of contrast that we need as the body to be putting on display in this area. I mean, I'm imagining, I don't know what it's like in this house where this Bible study is happening and these women are going around. I mean, I, I think it's, it's probably a jaw-dropping statement for, for Katie to say, yeah, Ike's mom doesn't even like football. It's so contrary to everything else that's yeah. being said. And, and, I mean, you don't need to be contrary for the sake of being contrary. But if we're truly going to live in relationship with the Lord and walk by the Spirit, there are going to be things about us that are just radically different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and um, if that's not happening at different places, I think we need to go, what's wrong here? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Can I just jump in on that? Yeah. <clears throat> A little different. But when I was praying, I mean, I was almost inconsolable when I texted that the Hawkeye coaches were coming to the high school <laughs> to meet with him and Ross Piercebacher. You moron. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I run out of the barn. The barn wasn't open, the little store I own. And um, Bar- was, Barn Happy, check it out online. I was just doing something in there, and I ran out, and I was panicked. I was working outside. And I said, Tim, we have to pray. We have to pray. And he's like, why? I'm like, because the Hawkeyes are going to the high school, and I, I just have this bad feeling. <laughs> he looked at me like I was an absolute unicorn. He goes, uh, you can pray. <laughs> so I led into this prayer beseeching the Lord. I'm like, Lord, you know he's good at basketball, and, you know, on and on. Anyway, I go back into the barn by myself and you know how the holy spirit whispers things to you here it is mothers here it is the lord said he is mine and you will not control him wow at which point i bawled my eyes out yeah bawled my eyes out i'm like okay and then i'm bargaining with god i'm like okay god i got it i got it so he's not mine i won't control him but can he still play basketball could he be like, the kicker? Could he be the kicker? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, okay, I got that message. That was certainly clear. So, 
okay, are we good now? And then when he got offered in two days, it was a journey for me for two years with my quiet times with the Lord because of a, of a fear of the injuries is what was driving my yep. wanting to control. Um, Which happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> after his Achilles tear, I said, Lord, typically all I do is pray for his safety pretty much every snap. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't even feel like it's you're hearing me. I said, I don't even know what to pray. I said, now he's hurt again. And I always was assured it was like, okay, it's a leg, it heals. Mm-hmm. Like I always took some comfort in that. Like the Lord is being gracious, being gracious, yeah. right? And then the next really clear thing he said was, how about pray thy will be done? Hmm. Oh. That's big boy pants. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's not, still not, still not about me. Doggone it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good. honestly, I've had to learn so many lessons because of his football career and that I would have never seen coming. Mm-hmm. Not so much with the basketball because it, because of the lesser injury. Not even though Adrian had 12 pounds of tape on her ankles her senior year. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be off the court. We're like, what happened to Adrian? Oh, she's getting those ankles taped. I'm like, that feels good. <laughs> So well, anyway, I, I would just add to this, you know, the, the opportunity for parents to actually just grow up and be parents Yeah. in our culture right now. Um, it's just there. If you want to seek God in it and you want to try and mature spiritually and then also help channel your kids' life to mature spiritually and involved in sports, it's there if you'll seek God in it. I mean... It has grown us up so much. I mean, we could spend hours talking about how it, we've had to mature uh, as individuals, watching, releasing, you know, interacting with our kids. And what we want for them is for them to live into all God has for them, not what we want for them, and still pray for that. I mean. I have a great story. Ike was going into his senior year of basketball, and uh, being a post and a big kind of tough kid underneath you're always muscling pushing you know it's it's a it's a rough they're both posts i always think if there's basketball post moms there could be a support group <laughs> they work their tail off and they're everybody's mercy to give them the ball yeah, yeah. and they get three kids filing them and they don't get called but then they throw a toenail and they get whistled. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm that ain't it but anyway um so anyway i was like ike you know when you go to the line they, they're, they're gonna foul you you know because well, I don't know what your free throw percentage is, but they know it's, you know, you're not a three-point shooter. So anyway, and a lot of times Ike's ball didn't was just a little flat because he'd been working so hard. It's hard to it's work that hard and then run to the free throw line and lay in something soft. Yeah. So it would come a little hard. <clears throat> so anyway, I just thought, I'm going to do something really helpful here. And I, to be fair, Ike, had I ever been critical one time of anything you'd done in 18 years. I mean, I was always like, good game. That was fun. I mean, I wasn't like a coach em up mom ever. Yeah. Just saying that. <laughs> I did play six on six basketball. Hey. <laughs> Not very well. So I didn't feel like I had a lot of tips. But I thought I had one here, and I was going to share it. And I said, hey, you know, when you get to the line, um, remember the rainbow. <laughs> I said, just put that in with a nice little arch, because every time you arch that ball, it's a swish. I said, but when you don't arch, they can kind of go, <laughs> and he looked at me. His expression on his face didn't change. He goes, <laughs> he goes, Mom, if that's the last thing you ever say to me about basketball, that would be good. <laughs> and I went, yep, 
Yep. Okay. He goes, I've got like five coaches and you're just, you're my mom. Yeah. And like, I was so thankful he could put into words exactly how he felt when I said that. Like, can you just be my mom? Yeah. You know, it was probably <clears throat> a pretty good idea, <clears throat> right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, now you say, remember the When I get down to Cedar Rapids tonight, I'm going to mention that to a couple of my guys. <laughs> well, I, I would, I would add this. You know, God's just, rainbow. Now God's rainbow. It. God's <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> this would be just encouragement to parents is be self-reflective about how your kids might be experiencing you. I mean, I, 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 that's where this started for me. Ike was in third grade. He was, he was playing in a tournament down in Tama, Iowa. Third grade, mind you. I'm in the front row of the bleachers screaming at him. <laughs> about needing to be a little stronger and a little more stable down low and asking for the ball. Third grade. And he looked at me from the court like, like a third grader would. Like, Dad, I'm doing the best I can. And what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment was a check in my spirit where I, got, I started to get very self-reflective about how my kids are going to experience me as their dad around the arena of sports. And that's where I decided, and this is what we could coach up, you know, for parents now. Um, picky positive. Be picky positive with your kids. What do you they mean by picky positive? Pick out little things that they're doing well, whatever level of play they're at, and reward them with the positive. Just stay away from the negative. Um, they know, the kids know what's going on in there the sports arena, how they measure up for the most part. And if they don't, they're going to figure it out. They're going yeah. to get humbled. So <clears throat> be picky positive. Tell them you're excited to watch them play. Tell them it was fun to watch them play after, no matter how good they did, and pick out something good that they did. And It's magical. They'll build, yes. they'll build on that. You pick them apart. And they'll just get worse and worse and worse. More as performance the, anxiety and yeah. stress, and you'll burn them out, and they won't like sports, and it's just it's happening all the time. Um, they'll act like they're sleeping when you get home, so you don't talk to them. <laughs> yeah. And they'll want to ride home with somebody else. I mean, we've heard all these things. Yeah, we, yeah, it's out there. Uh, a friend of mine coaches basketball. He's had pretty decent success at the high school level in Iowa. <coughs> And we were having dinner one night, and he just said, I asked him kind of the question that you said about Clay. You know, a lot of people ask, like, so is your son going to stick around until your son plays basketball for you or something like that? He's like, I don't know. He said, if he's into it, yeah. And if not, he said, I'm not going to put a whole lot of pressure on him. And we, this conversation developed into what he is noticing with this youth sports craze. I mean, you talk about starting in third grade. That's mm. so early. I mean, Kid mm. Mason played tackle football in fourth grade i mean it's mm -hmm. and and you got these baseball teams and everyone's like we said jockeying and mm -hmm. if if my kid doesn't i had one guy tell me once my kid needs to go to this certain school because these are the kids who are going to play varsity basketball you know eight years later and they need to get some chemistry built on the playground at recess like this is in fourth grade like and this is a dad you, like you're an adult man and you're saying this stuff like <laughs> what are you talking about but so so uh this coach friend of mine um he just said that so many of the best athletes that he would have access to are burnt out and they're not playing anymore mm -hmm. by the time they get to mm -hmm. high school because yes. because their dads yes. have just wore them down yes. and the schedule yes. and the 
Um, I mean, yeah, kids playing on four club teams, mm. and and the whole thing is someone's trying to scheme and mm. jockey their way to the all star team mm. so that you go to this tournament where these D one coaches are at, mm. and then you get noticed, and then maybe you'll get an offer. It's just so foolish, mm-hmm. I think. Well, it's just it's out of control, and and even as you're talking, I, I'm just thinking about even when I was just what 40 years ago a lot of guys had chores on a farm where I grew up they had other things to do in in currently there's a lot of kids in town they don't have much else to do so being involved in sports at one level is good you know what I mean when you're younger and and taking up time and energy but to be sure the guy who was mature on my fifth grade team never grew again yeah and he was the best player in fifth grade and by the senior, it, you cannot predict it. I don't care what they're saying at third, fourth, fifth grade. It's irrelevant. And hmm. because of maturity and growth, and would you think Ike's going to be a lineman in the NFL? I mean. Quarterback in high school, recruited as tight end. Yeah. And then O-line. And so. The Iowa way, by the way. <laughs> so let your, yeah. let your kids be kids. <laughs> And let them develop a full enjoyment of life outside of sports as well as sports. And then as they mature and get a little later, then you can maybe help guide it as a parent more. Uh, But we do need some balance in it. And at the end of the day, it has to still be fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, Adrian took a slogan to Warburg. If it's it's fun, it gets done. Mm -hmm. You know, because when the girls stopped having fun, they stopped winning. And then the minute they started goofing around and having fun, they started winning. Ike feels the same way. So I try to have fun every day. I mean, there's days that aren't, you know, giggling. But, I mean, it it's a game. you got to play this game, right? I was going to add, it's one thing, like you were talking about, it's one thing to get burnt out and you don't even make it to, you don't make it to high school sports, you don't make it to college mm-hmm. sports because you're emotionally burnt out, your body's burnt out. It's, which, who cares that you didn't make it? It yeah. doesn't matter. No one cares that... I was an All-American, and it, no one cares. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I mean, Ike's, it's his job right now, right? But at the end, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to not have a relationship with your parents. Like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. okay, you got burnt out and you didn't play. But now you have 50 years of being hurt from your dad because he cared too much about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you don't know who you are. So it's mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I, we saw people come in, and you'd see people in college, like, you have this ability that now is going to waste, which is a bummer, but it, it doesn't even compare to yeah. the relationship now that you have to try to build back as a dad or as yeah. a mom for the next... And maybe soul wounds to heal from. Yeah. I mean, identity issues and all that stuff, which are far deeper than the disappointment of a sport. Because anything your parents say to you, as in a, when you're, especially in high school, you're going to remember. I don't care if they mm-hmm. heard you yell it at the ref, or they heard it, you raise your voice during a game, they remember and it's a little like, oh, dad thinks this is important. And usually it's dad's. Mm-hmm. And then does dad, after the game, tell you good things? Is he quiet? Because quiet says things too. He's pissed mm-hmm. off. He didn't He's have mad. a good game. He didn't have a good mm-hmm. game. He thinks, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, and then what do you do when you graduate? And what do you do when you, you know, mm-hmm. how do you view your dad? Because of sports, which is a way big and deal. And so this is where I start to like go nuts because it, you're you're claiming out of your mouth that you are a follower of Christ, mm-hmm. and that this is the most important. If you filled out the test question, you'd say the most important thing in my life is Jesus or my faith or whatever. But then 
all this stuff is indicating that that's not actually true. Actually, you care more mm -hmm. about your 1A Iowa Star Conference <laughs> seventh guy on the team basketball player. <laughs> and and your kid, that, that is a major problem. Mm -hmm. And not only are you going to have, like you said, potentially soul wounds, mm -hmm. but now we've got a discipleship issue mm -hmm. because these yeah. kids... Well, and God has told those kids to honor their dad for the rest of their lives, and you you might be making it real hard on them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. On yeah. your own kids. I and, mean. and we obviously love sports. We've had a lot of great things happen through sports. But I know a lot of people. I'm like, if you would just quit sports, for your family, for your relationship with your family, mm -hmm. you would be better off because there is so much built into it there's so much time there's so much energy that it's like your your kid still has a heart and a soul and especially girls and guys they they want home to be safe they want mom and dad to be encouraging they're not talking about the last game all the time they're not talking about the game like hey if you if you just you know you're you're better than what you're playing like i just still don't want you to tell me that Right? I will, I'll, my coach will tell me that, and I want mom and dad to care about me as a person and growing with the Lord. And when I see them growing with the Lord, then you want to grow with the Lord, and it's not that big of a deal we lost. And it's not, you know, you don't, you don't wave with the wind all the time because your parents aren't. They don't even have to say anything besides do it themselves, which when a game gets intense and you see your dad over there just, Reaming on someone, what does that say to you? I mean, as a kid, you might act like that's great, and that, but then you feel like, holy cow, dad, I've never seen him like yeah. encourage me like that, or, or spend time with the Lord like that, or get in passion about anything besides this. So it, it can hurt. Now, I'm going to say this, Matt. Point. It's easy as a dad to sit in a room and talk about this right now, but yep. when you're in a game. I know it. When you're in a game, <laughs> I, never, I, never thought, I never thought I would be in the middle of Kinnick State and being the only one standing trying to get everybody to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> and I look back, and that happened to me. I mean, more than once, that I'm up there like, we're – Hey, we're on D. It's coming to third down. Why aren't the people standing? You know what I mean? And, and it is emotional. You get in there. and uh, But that all being said, everything we're saying here today about spiritual maturity, growing in this, being reflective even after things like that, and you, it's and important. Say you did it wrong. Like I, There have been times where mom and dad have been like, I shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. We're sorry. Yeah. yeah. We overreact. You know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. then you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, admit your oh, mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two thoughts that I have. One is, what what could we say to these dads who are around my age, maybe a little younger now as I'm getting older, their kids are just coming up and there's all these options, all these teams, what, should you try out for this club or that club or whatever, who, who I think have a little bit of an identity problem of their own. Mm -hmm. And maybe it comes from how they were raised. Mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. where it comes from. But it's like something about some of these dads, at least, is like they're looking for significance, mm -hmm. even among their mm -hmm. peer group, by attaching themselves to a successful athlete mm -hmm. who's their kid. Yeah. What do you, what do you yeah. say to them? You're the pastor. I you mean, got? you got to grow <clears throat> deeper in God. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that simple. It's like you could, you could experience the wonder of your children 
and separate kind of the sports issue from performance. Yeah, from who the marvel and wonder they are as people. And then pray more. Like, what do you have in mind? Lord, you help me. What do you have in mind for my kids? Why did you create them? What's your journey for them? Give me insight into my children so that I can help them accomplish your good purpose in their life. And the, the deeper you go with God, the better person you can be for your kids in helping them live into who he's created them to be. I mean, that's really, I think, the root of good leadership in a home is being led well by God yourself. Surrender deeply to him so that he can give you wisdom and insight. Uh, And it's something I'm still maturing in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to keep growing in this, not just for my kids and my wife, but also for grandchildren and for other people the Lord brings around me to help discern what God's doing in their lives. And you got to separate yourself, your identity from it, and, and ground it in Christ to be able to do that. And that that's uh, what I would comment to that. Um, <clears throat> I talked about Mason growing like five, six inches after his senior year, mm-hmm. and we put him in school. Well, he's homeschooled, but we started him a year. He, he's young for his grade. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he's just like, Dad, Mom, you guys screwed me. I mean, like, <laughs> like if I'd have had that senior year, and, and we kind of joked about that, but it was right. a, a significant thing for him. Right. And and um, he, he grew a ton. He got better at basketball. Mm. He would have been, I mean, he started for us his senior right. year. He would have been another starter. He would have maybe made some noise in our conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. Just this last year, which he took as a gap year, mm. you know, between high school and now he's going to be at UNI, um, he said, I've, I've been thinking about this because it was hard for him mm-hmm. to let basketball mm-hmm. go. And even mm-hmm. after he was done with high school, he's going to fit every day and playing pickup games and – and and uh, coming and practicing our team and and he said I think that if I would have had that senior year, there's a chance I would have tried to go play at Dubuque or at some small college, mm-hmm. and maybe even to the point where I would have walked on somewhere. I mean, you go down to Faith and walk mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. without even being half as good as he was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, no offense to Faith, but <laughs> but. Uh, but He's just like, I think the Lord just orchestrated it mm. because he knows how distracted I would have been by basketball. Mm. And it's time for me to get on with what he wants to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. And, and he's embracing the sovereignty of God right there yeah. in it. And that's so good, you know, in, in that disappointment or whatever he's working through. And I'm glad, I mean, from my perspective, I'm glad that he felt he didn't, I, I don't know, that there wasn't this crazy pressure yeah, from me. right despite the times that I failed in the stands and yeah. all that. Yeah. Uh, we, oh, my, my second thought was social media posts. The, the social media posts, and I'm very active on social media, and I'm not saying I have I an A-plus rating. You can't talk much about social I, media I, but, I, but, but honestly, like, it's, it, you know, the, the, the fifth grade girls basketball team won the whatever medal at the whatever tournament. And there's this, you know, all this like eight pictures and this big thing about Mercedes was part of the championship team. And I think that one of the thing I would challenge parents to do is like, like think through, that's great. If you want to post pictures on social media, celebrate your kid right. competing, having a great tournament. Right. But so much of the emphasis is like, um, I, I've tried to intentionally sometimes make posts when things didn't go well. Mm. You know what I mean? 
to, to not just send a message to the world, but sending a message to my kids, like, I still love coming and watching you play. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I want to see more posts on social media from people whose teams, their kids' teams went like 0-5 and, and looked like complete trash, but you were there celebrating your kid. Let's, let's have some more of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. Well, this is good. You know, I mean, I think we could go on forever. There's so many dynamics to operating in this as a family. There just really is. Um, but I don't know. In terms of closing comments, for me, uh, caring about each other emotionally um, and not building that pressure in there uh, is going to reap a lot of dividends over the next 60 to 70 years. Yeah. You know? Um I think that if parents could value that and steward their kids' hearts more than their sports performance, uh, we'd be in a better place with all this. And oh. then can I oh, go ahead? I was going to say, I like the closing comments theme. Okay. So let's, so that's are fine. you ready to go? Yep. Okay. Um, I would say I, I read an article when the kids were probably late, late junior high, early high school about if you could have a laissez-faire approach to uh, whatever your kids' passions are, they are going to find out much quicker how hard they want to work and how good they want to be versus trying to please your, please your mom, please your dad, because your mom and dad care so much. So you want to care enough to give them the opportunities to develop how God made them to be the best they can be. So you want to avail them of opportunities in a spirit-led way. We thought we'd pray a lot about friends, drugs, sex, alcohol, you know, we prayed more parenting these two around their sports involvement and asking the Lord what's right, what's wrong, what's too much, what's not enough. And believe it or not, Lord will let you know. Mm -hmm. He'll pull you in in, in a direction you hadn't thought of. He'll pull you out of stuff you thought was great. You follow that peace. When you're asking him, He'll let you know you're unsettled. You don't feel good about this. And, and then you test the spirits and you still don't. Like, I don't, I think that's wrong. Um, so anyway, follow peace, pray. And then when your kids compete, um, especially upper class, junior, senior year in, in high school, and then if they go on to play high, college ball or even professional ball, they would have had to develop an internal heart and passion and gear to carry them on. And it has nothing to do with the noise of their mom and dad. Mm-hmm. So if you can get the noise of mom and dad out of their life sooner rather than later, and they find out how bad do I want to play? How mm-hmm. good do I want to be? How important is this to me? That will carry them as far as they want to take it. I remember it wasn't so much Ike. Ike every year was very excited for the next season, anything with the ball to compete. I feel like that's very male, especially uh how God made Ike. He loves competition. Adrian loved being with her friends. She liked the workout. She liked the challenge, but she didn't, she was, she's not geared like a, I just want to get in there and, you know, compete and grind. And, you know, so every year Adrian would have to decide every, I feel like for like seven years in a row, Adrian had to decide every basketball season if she really wanted to play. And we would say, you know what? You've had a lot of fun playing, but it takes a ton of time. It's a little hard on your body. What do you think? She'd say, I'm going to think about it. And we'd say, great, take like your time. not playing is an option. Absolutely. That you could get behind. Yeah. Absolutely. I said, it's a big world out there. Student government's amazing. Some people love checkers. We don't care. We kind of want you to be having fun with friends. You can work your whole life at Hy-Vee. 
Like that wasn't, I didn't love the idea of my kids taking a job. Uh, I would like them to take advantage of things that they can only do in junior high and high school just because mm -hmm. it's a short season. But I didn't care, we didn't care what it was. We said it should be fun mm -hmm. and you should decide you want to do it. And literally every year Adrian had to decide because <laughs> she wasn't sure because she would count the cost. She'd be like, this, this is a ton of time. My, my legs do hurt. I think my, my ankles are a little sore. I mean, you know, like she was considering the whole picture. Mm -hmm. And then when she would re-decide, then she knew she was going to be in. We didn't decide it for. Yes. And I think that internal gear that carried these guys. I tell my kids and I tell our basketball guys all the time, there are a lot of really amazing things you can do for the kingdom of God that's not playing basketball. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this just doesn't matter. Right. I mean, now for some of you, maybe it matters. Maybe, mm. maybe for one of you. It's going to be the thing you do for the next five years. And it becomes a big platform. But, but, but like, go do something else that the Lord blesses in your life mm -hmm. uh, to just give them the freedom. I mean, but parents, you got to live with an open hand there. Yeah. And you got to be okay with mm -hmm. not having to live through the athletic prowess of your children to yes. get to that sp spot. Yep. Final comments, what do you got? Um, that is so true. I can see, looking back, I can see how discouraging it would be because... We're naturally athletic. I'm tall. I really only played, like, some of my best ball one year, my senior year. And it really wasn't anything besides how I grew as a person. And I know, and you guys probably knew, I could have probably played somewhere bigger if I would have been, like, just every year grinding it out, had my head, you know, been focused. And they knew I would, like go one-on-one -on -one against dad, like I, but I would never play that way in a game. You know what I mean? So I'm sure there, there was some like, oh, what is she doing? Like, she can do this. But I never felt that because I didn't quite, I didn't believe it like they did. And I really think that if they would have pushed me, I maybe could have gone somewhere a little bigger, And I may, but I wouldn't be like, I might not love the Lord. I might not have want to hang out with my parents. Mm. There's just something bigger. And I think a lot of that was, them listening to the Lord and asking the Lord, and then let's pray about your club team. Let's see where God has you for that. And I, I never went into a club season like, I can't believe I have to do this club team. And I know there's a lot of kids who are like, I don't want to be on this club team. Mm -hmm. But we prayed about it. We felt like, okay, you know, and then let's do this. Then you go, you know, you know, your parents are sacrificing some money, and, and so you go do it with all you've got, even if it's, it's not the best or not the top. Mm -hmm. So even praying about teams which yeah. I didn't think was a big deal. I thought we just did that. But, I, I, you know, that's not what every family does. But praying about the little things, what team should you be on? Mm -hmm. what, who do you think the coaches are going to be on that team? Not how many are we going to win and are we going to get seen, but let's see, like, what does the Lord have? And I, I seriously look back on my sports and think that was so much fun. Do you remember praying about that stuff or were you talking about your parents praying about it? I remember praying, like, they would be like, let's be – in prayer about it. We yeah. might say a family prayer about it, and I would kind of be praying, and they would be praying, and we would kind of come to a consensus of, mm -hmm. like, this this might be a good spot. I'm just thinking of a good just kind of just self-check for people listening to this. Have you ever prayed about your kid's club team and whether it should even be a thing? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, an, that's surrendering to the Lord, yeah. and the Lord will honor that. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. So, yeah. I, um, I would just say... If you're listening to this and you feel like you haven't done it correctly, just as a parent, mm -hmm. just going to your kids and having a conversation with them about mm -hmm. it would mean a ton, mm -hmm. and just kind of re hitting the reset button. Yeah. Um, because even if you have not done it right and the kids are pretty hurt, 
just having a, a good conversation, or if it takes a few, um, you can turn it around fast, and they're going to appreciate that more than <clears throat> anything that you're going to say mm-hmm. after that. Um, I know that would mean a lot and has meant a lot to buddies that I had that their parents, even years after they got done, they went and kind of mended that relationship by just apologizing. And, you know, if you're a kid and just let your parents know, if you're a kid listening to this, just let your parents know, like, that's not, that what you're doing isn't helpful, Mm you know? Yeah. Um, Just keeping them in check and working together on it because at the end of the day, you're going to, like Adrian said, you're going to want a relationship with your parents um, after sports, and, and sports should, should not be something that gets in the way of, it, way of it. I still have a lot of fun playing football. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't play anymore, and people always ask me, you know, how much longer do you want to play? I'm, I'm going to like to play until I'm done having fun with it, and as long as the body and the Lord want me to keep playing. And uh, so for that... I think it's just thanks to the parents. I know there's a lot of guys, even in the NFL, that they can't stand playing football, but they just they're good at it, so they keep doing it. But I still enjoy, you know, a lot of parts about it. So, hmm. cool. Thanks to the parents for for raising us like that. Were you gonna say something? That's awesome. I just well, what I was saying there about if you're a kid listening to this, and you don't know how to bring it up to parents, just share this with them and ask them to listen to it. And could we have a conversation? This podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Ike, your comment reminds me, and I know you listened to this because you told me you did. I did a podcast interview with a guy named Trace Embry at the National Religious Broadcasters, and he was the guy who was death on cell phones. Yeah. And he said, do not give a minor living in your house a cell phone. And he was pretty emphatic about that. And you remember me, that's an example of where I had to go to my kids and go, guys, uh, I shouldn't have done what I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but you said that. I, mm-hmm. I like listening to your to your podcast a lot. But, but it's like, um, and that's hard to do. Yeah. To mm-hmm. admit that, like, because mm-hmm. I, I was trying to, I had a lot of good reasons to, like, give my kids unfettered access to the internet, as mm-hmm. bad as it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> now that I understand things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, just like these parents that are trying to, it's not like they're trying to ruin their kids. No. Mm-hmm. No. Trying, they want the best for them, really. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I just love what I'd say in there, too, for parents is it's okay to apologize to your kids. I mean, if you feel bad, an apology is huge. Mm-hmm. And to go say, hey, I, we're all learning along the way. That's right. And I'm sorry. I, I was too over this way, and I'm going to try and learn and grow. And like Ike said, kids, are they respond well yeah. to that kind of thing. And parents, give your kids permission to tell you. Uh, when you're out of line, mm. you know, just open that line of conversation because it's a growth thing. If you if you're in a habit of doing something that isn't helpful, you're not going to just stop it in the heat of the moment because you've had a revelation. So give your kids permission to say, uh, "Dad, that was too much," or uh, "Mom, if that's the last thing you ever say to me ever about sports," like you know, just like have it be a safe enough relationship where you can have that kind of dialogue because that also can carry through your whole life. So, I was, uh, I mean, the long view. I, I think about mm-hmm. your family. You guys are tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're out in Buffalo, and you're back in Iowa. And, and I mean, but it's, I think, aren't you doing like a family fun day today mm-hmm. with everyone <laughs> or something like that? Staycation. Staycation. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, I just, I want that for my kids. Yeah. I, I want to I have mm-hmm. a tight, like when they're adults and the grandkids, they want to come around because I'm not always harping on mm-hmm. nitpicky, stupid yeah. stuff. and. Like take the long view, take the kingdom view, mm-hmm. and uh, and if you get to go watch your kid play in the NFL or 
all American basketball, great. That's kind of a cherry yep. on top. But totally. You know, I want to say thank you to Fluidine. Fluidine is a business that most of you never need their uh, products. They do water treatment. But uh, Mike Mant and Eric and Targi Mant are there. And our our boy Swin, who they let leave work to come set up the audio and video for this Mm because I needed some help in a pinch. So shout out to those guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tim, will you end this just with a prayer? Sure, you bet. For parents, for kids, whatever you want to do. It's been great, Matt. Yeah. (laughs) Father... Thank you for the chance to sit in this room and talk about this this reality in our world. And uh, you you have great wisdom. I pray for all the parents listening, for the kids that are listening, children, uh, young athletes, whatever age. Uh, give wisdom to each one of us around this this great gift of sports, which we know comes from your hand, but is also can be something that. Uh, takes over our lives in too much of a way uh, and then we we lose sight of the larger picture and even maybe being restrained and led by you so give us wisdom on that and thank you for uh, your guidance and blessing in our lives we ask that you bless everyone who hears this and cause them to seek your wisdom and show them the path to life that you have for them we pray it in jesus name amen Awesome. Hey, thanks for being here, guys. And thanks, everyone who listened, for tuning in. Check out other stuff, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. All right. Thanks. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.